The Twelve Languages of the Mind The Monday Morning Memo for June 8, 2009 I write today with some hesitation. The same hesitation I felt two weeks ago when I wrote about the romance of shadows and the piercing of horizontal planes. You may recall that I asked, Was this stuff interesting for you or did it go over your head? 391 responded with variations of, More! More! And only two said they didn't quite get it. If the 391 spoke for the 47,712 subscribers, they would statistically represent, You're going to enjoy today's memo. But if by some sad chance of luck or fate, those 391 represented only themselves, I offer you this advance apology. What crazies we writers are, our heads full of language like buckets of minnows standing in the moonlight on a dock. From Ray, by Hayden Carruth. There is an objective reality, but we are ill-equipped to experience it. You and I live in private, perceptual realities. Our perception does not identify the outside world as it really is but the way that we are allowed to recognize it as a consequence of transformations performed by our senses. We experience electromagnetic waves not as waves, but as images and colors. We experience vibrating objects not as vibrations, but as sounds. We experience chemical compounds dissolved in air or water not as chemicals, but as specific smells and tastes. Colors, sounds, smells, and tastes are products of our minds built from sensory experiences they do not exist as such outside our brain. Actually, the universe is colorless, odorless, insipid, and silent. Although you and I share the same biological architecture and function, perhaps what I perceive as a distinct color and smell is not exactly equal to the color and smell you perceive. We may give the same name to similar perceptions, but we cannot know how they relate to the reality of the outside world. Perhaps we never will. Dr. Jorge Martins de Oliveira a man wearing a yarmulke is covering the multisensorial association area, that part of the brain that gathers and tabulates sensory data collected from the sensory receptors in the eyes, ears, muscles, and skin. Associative memories are added to the information equation as it flows toward Broca's area, where the predictable is subtracted. Information that's new, surprising, or different flows beyond Broca's area into conscious awareness, where the central executive of working memory searches for relevance. Only after the central executive gives the information a thumbs up is it forwarded to the prefrontal cortex, located just behind your forehead, for a decision about whether or not to take action. No, I didn't make any of this up. I read it in the writings of Alan Baddeley. Susan Gathercole, Ricardo Gattas, Sylvia Helena Cardoso, Burkhard Maas, Steven Pinker, and Jorge Martins de Oliveira. Cognitive neuroscientists all. The next part, however, is all mine, and yes, I might be crazy or just plain wrong. But I don't think so. There are twelve languages of the mind that supply the constituent components of concrete analytical thought. It is these twelve languages that enable our perceptual realities. A signal received in one language of the mind can reinforce or contradict a signal received in another. Signal stack deepens perception. 
Signal conflict elevates interest. Number one, shape. Angles send a different message than curves. Number two, numbers. A language of relativity, many or few. Number three, phonemes. Sounds represented by letters of the alphabet. Number four, color. Often combined with shape and radiance. Number five, proximity. Near or far, large or small, left or right, up or down, etc. Number six, music. Any sound that isn't a phoneme. Number seven, radiance. Energy sent outward or sucked inward. Number eight, motion. Fast or slow. Number nine, symbols. Messages with secondary meaning. Number ten, taste. Tongues do it. Number eleven, feel. Skin and muscles do it. Number twelve, smell. Noses do it. Each of these twelve has a shadow language that supplies the components of emotional, philosophical, abstract thought. But that's a matter for another day. Control the signals, and you control the perceptions. Control the perceptions, and you control the conclusions. Control the conclusions, and persuasion is accomplished. Next week's memo will be easier to understand and infinitely more useful to most of you. We're going to talk about how portals, reveals, and partial reveals can be used to take people where you want them to go. And now it is time for me to go. Roy H. Williams. By the way, don't forget to dive into the rabbit hole. Just go to mondaymorningmemo.com. Look at this week's memo and click the image just above the title. Each image you see when you click it will take you one level deeper. <laughs>